Hello, and welcome to The Canadian Story, where we discuss what Canada is, what Canada could be, and what Canada should be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Canadian Story. This is a very special episode to me personally, because we have Father Thomas here, and Father Thomas is the Archpriest for the Georgian Orthodox Church in Canada. Is that correct, Father Thomas? Yes. Um, hello, everyone, and God bless you. Um, yes, that's true. I'm Archpriest in uh, all over Canada, and only one priest in uh, from Georgian Church in Canada. So the only priest in Canada right now for the Georgian Church, is that correct? That's correct. And uh, overlooking uh, over uh, four uh, locations, um, Toronto and Montreal, Calgary and Vancouver. So I have to. So he's got a very big parish. It's the size of Canada, which is kind of insane. (laughs) It is. Um, If you see the uh, number of the kilometers I've done, in the last 10 years, you would not believe. So uh, I fly a lot, I travel a lot, I um, drive a lot to Montreal, to also to US because of the uh, US is our headquarter of the our um, eparchy and on North American Georgian eparchy. So it's um, millions and millions of kilometers. So, so uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the Canadian story is because you've chosen to make Canada your home and, and you work very hard to integrate the Georgian faith, the Georgian community and uh, your Orthodox faith into their Canadian context. But uh, for those who don't know, uh, I have a very special love for Georgia and have really come to appreciate both the Georgian people, the Georgian land and the Georgian culture. And one of the things that I love most about Georgia is its long history of basically standing firm in the face of persecution, of being under empire, of constantly being conquered. And yet the Georgians have never lost their language and they've never lost their faith. So maybe you could share a little bit of how that identity was built from your perspective and why it's so strong and why it's so important to you someone who's giving so much of your free time, your resources, your efforts to keeping that alive and strong in another land. Yeah, um, thank you. First of all, thank you to giving me a chance to express all of this and uh, um, delivering the information to others. um, Why it is important to uh, stand for your face, stand for your people and for your country. And uh, as as you mentioned, David, I choose to move to Canada. Um, and uh, I I was I was going to move back to Georgia, but I was ordained here as a priest. And uh, since then, my mission has changed. And then I'm I'm here and I'm helping helping people, uh, Georgians, and not only Georgians. Um, Greeks, Serbians, uh, Canadians, uh, Russians, Ukrainians here. Um, so what I would say about Georgia, or how come this tiny nation survived across the, um, so many centuries um, and uh, uh, standing for their faith, standing for their culture? Um, I would say that uh, Georgian, Georgia was founded very long time ago. There, there were proceedings to the science of language science, uh, and there, uh, um, and that was published, I think, four or five years ago. And then they said that 15,000 uh, 15, years ago, there was a language, only one language, which was, um, uh, which was, uh, which existed on the territory of uh, Caucasia. Um, and uh, which was spoken there uh, by the nation, which is called today Georgians. And there are specific formulas where you can uh, see how old is your your language. And uh, um, yes, Bible is saying different stories at a uh, number of the years, how many uh, years we we exist on the on this earth since uh, Adam and Eve, but. Yes, it's it's very very old nation, and it is located in the center of the 
Silk Road. Silk Road. What is a Silk Road? Uh, to explain is a it's a center and a, it's a hub uh, between uh, India, China, and Europe. Every uh, every uh, how to say traveler should cross, and especially before there was no there, uh, uh, there were no airplanes, uh, they had to cross Georgia. And whoever uh, holds the key keys to uh, this uh, territory, they hold the keys to the um, east, west, and north and south. And that's that's why that uh, territory. Even if you if you look from the um, uh, from the uh, space uh, uh, space pictures, you will see that there is only one passage. There is only one way. Um, from east to west and uh, other way around. And then another thing what what is very important to understand that Georgia stands in the uh, on the border between uh, two 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 huge religions, uh, which is um, um, Islam and uh, Christianity. And uh, uh, Georgia uh, uh, is a very multicultural country, but it's Christian country, Orthodox country. And because there was a fight, a constant fight between those two religions or empires, I uh, I don't want to stress on the religion only, but it's empires um, uh, to hold the keys to the uh, West and East. Uh, there was a war every 20 years, every single 20 years, maybe even less every year. There were um, people who were uh, overrunning Georgia um, 10, 14 hours, uh, 14 times, uh, 15 times in their life. And uh, reducing the, for example, reducing the nation from 8 million people to 400,000 um, within within 20 years. And, uh, um, but uh, nations survived because um, more you, uh, more you go against the nation, the more they stand for their life, for their faith, and for uh, for their uh, culture and for their country. So that's what uh, delivered us today here. That um, we are about. Uh, we were n- never able to grow to uh, that number, uh, eight million or twelve million Georgians. Uh, we are uh, today uh, for four point five million, and half of them are uh, abroad. They are immigrating, but. When they uh, starting immigration, they uh, they when they settle in the um, countries um, like uh, U.S., uh, Canada, Europe, um, they settle in the groups, uh, and then because they help each other, and then they keep their language, they keep their faith um, in Jesus Christ, because the majority is uh, Orthodox Christians in in our country. And then they settle uh, around the churches because churches are only one place where they come, they find their job, they find uh, the uh, help from others, they uh, find the help for their elders, for their kids, they uh, they have a school there, and then they they uh, they work and they live together, and they progress uh, together. So. Um, our law of uh, in last 17 year, uh, 100 years, uh, and Georgia was one of the first countries who acquired uh, Christianity. Saint Andrew was uh, Saint Andrew, Saint Sa- Simon, um, and uh, um, Saint Matthias was uh, was in it. Uh, they were in Georgia, and enlightened Georgia. And uh, official Christianity was already also declared same time when. Byzantium declared the Christianity in year three, uh, 327. Um, so it's a, one of the oldest uh, Christian countries, one of the oldest, uh, because St. Andrew was there uh, and he enlightened Georgia. And uh, since then, we never we never betrayed our, uh, our faith. And even if we are... Uh, uh, even if we are, uh, we know that we need to go to the war to defend our kids, defend our country. People are happy to go to the war to defend their uh, their country. Um, and every kid was uh, uh, was learning from the from their childhood that they at some point they will become defenders of their country. 
defenders of their culture, of their religion, and uh, their people, kids, elders, and women, uh, women in, in their country. So that's in our blood. And that's what is driving us uh, when we uh, go uh, to other countries, when we travel, when we settle as immigrants to uh, in other countries. We bring our faith, we bring our love of each other. And we are very social uh, social people. We are, um, every every day we meet each other somewhere uh, in some, somebody's house. We, we meet, we discuss, we sing a lot, uh, we pray, um, and we exercise. We exercise helping each other. And that's what we, what we are bringing to other nations. And that's why our church is full of other, other nations also. And that's why uh, our church is attracting so many foreigners and it's so multicultural that sometimes I have to pray on uh, three, four languages. Hmm. <laughs> so so uh, w- would you mind sharing like one of your favorite stories uh, of Georgia, like of the faith and like like one of the, the great stories from, from your past that, uh, that people remember? So one of the greatest story uh, and it's a, it's a very sad story it's greatest story but it's a very sad story so i will uh this will emphasize how much we love our country and how much we love our um jesus christ and then our uh, our god um there was a, a time when Tbilisi is our um uh, central city uh, of georgia and Tbilisi was invited um and uh, um, it was very, uh, very, how to say, strong uh, city. But the uh, number of the um, invaders outnumbered our defenders. And when they entered into the city, um, they collected um, a lot of people. Um, and uh, and uh, on one of the uh, next to the one of the bridges, central bridges. And on the bridge, uh, they brought from the churches, and this was about 800 years ago, they brought from the churches icons. And they put the icons uh, on on the bridge, uh, as they uh, filled the bridge with the icons and then uh, our holy relics. Um, and they uh, they collected uh, kids, they collected old, uh, old people, elders, and um, uh, those people who were not uh, involved into the um, uh, into the battle, who, who survived that battle, right? And they uh, they collected all those people. There were about hundred thousand people, a little bit more. And they asked them to cross the bridge, uh, stepping on the icons. And uh, those people who choose uh, to step in and pass, they would be free. But those who choose not to pass, they would be killed uh, with um, beheading. That that was cruel, right? One of the cruel, uh, cruelest uh, times in, in Georgian history. And 100,000 people, kids, women, elders, um, choose to be killed for their face. 100,000. For one week, those people were slaughtered there. And then they never st- step on the icons. It's not only icons. They never step on their culture. They never betrayed their country. 100,000. And we remember those people every year. And we have a huge celebration and huge nations is, uh, our nation is coming and gathering at that, uh, at that bridge. And they celebrate even after 800 years. They celebrate and we call it 100,000 people who were killed for their country, for their faith, for Jesus Christ. So that's a, one of the most important thing, what is driving us uh, to be Georgians, to be Christians, and uh, to be, to love our country, to, uh, to the point that we can give our uh, head and our life for it. So wow. that's a very important thing. And, and 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 now as someone who's come to Canada and sees kind of that we don't really have a that kind of an understanding of who we are, right? Like you're a Georgian, your your culture. Eight hundred years ago, you have a story that you talk about every year, right? And and there's probably 
hundreds of those stories, right? Of, of the, of the people of Georgia. I mean, I'm sure you like this quote. It's one of my favorites. It's the church grows from the blood of the martyrs. Yes. And, and Georgia has a lot of martyrs. There's been a lot of people who've laid down their life for their faith in Georgia. And I think part of it is that you can't, you can't destroy the Georgian culture because the Georgian people are willing to die for it. And, and when someone's willing to die for something, if you kill someone, they'll see that person loves that thing so much that they're willing to give up their life for it. That means it must be something, right? It must have value. But, but in Canada, we're, we're a very young country, just a baby country. You know, we, we didn't have a, a national identity until about 150 years ago. What is it? How does it feel to look at Canada to come from a country that knows who it is, that, that has such an established identity, and then to come to Canada and see we don't really seem to know who we are? What would, what would your advice to a, a young country be as someone who comes from an ancient, noble, martyr? soaked culture that believes um when when uh, we arrived first time in 2006 um uh, we saw that uh we met a lot of people uh and we saw that this country was very multicultural and this is this is happening mostly in the last I would say 50 years, right? Because a lot of people are arriving and now half a million people are uh, arriving, immigrants are arriving every almost uh, every year to Canada, right? And it's growing very fast and it's very, very multicultural. What I would um, advise to, uh, what I would advise to the new country like Canada to, Everyone has their traditions. If those those traditions are not very long, uh, if they are not even, uh, uh, how to say, coming from thousands and thousands of years ago, um, I came here that and I saw that there was a tradition uh, when all people were gathering around the Thanksgiving table, right? And that was amazing because they were giving thanks not only to their family, but to their God, that God take, uh, brings them together. And thank you, God, that you give us life. And then uh, that was promoting family life. And that was promoting social life. That's that's very important. So that was one of the tradition what, what I, I, I loved here. Uh, another tradition was of course, big celebrations of uh, as a uh, Christian celebrations as a um, uh, Christmas and uh, Easter, um, and we in Orthodox tradition we call it Nativity and then Pascha time, and that also is a time when people get together uh, and get together uh, as a families. Families. Um, what I would recommend uh, to bring it more to the national level. Um, have a uh, those huge celebrations that Thanksgiving is huge. It's, it should be uh, more not only on the family level, but it should be on the um, bigger celebrations, big, big uh, events happening, uh, and people coming together. It should not be just for one family or or, or two, and that unites uh, nation. That unites. That creates a nation. Uh, social life. Uh, is creating uh, is creating the social vibes, and then people are not alone anymore. I see a lot of people are alone. Uh, a lot of elders are, are alone, and then yes, they have a help from government, but nobody cares about them. It's 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 very sad, and that's what you need to promote. We um, Canadians, as a nation, should be together. We should not be separated. And that's what uh, pandemic was dictating: separate, stay, stay apart. We cannot stay apart, even if we are in a time of pandemic. We should help each other. Thousands and thousands of years, um, there was a, uh, there were hospitals in the churches, church invented hospitals, church and religious organizations uh, invited uh, invented. Uh, hospitals and invited people to get treatment and uh, church invented the academies and the schools 
And um, those uh, societies which are faith-based, they are very strong. Uh, uh, those societies which are um, capital-based, they are separated. And faith needs to unite people, not capital unite people. I understand. Uh, capital makes people work very hard, pay taxes, and we should do that. It's important. It's important to a country to grow. But most important in the country to stick together because there are a lot of people who need our help. We cannot uh, say, okay, you are old, you cannot work, and you 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 are not needed by our society anymore. Yes, you, you are needed because you worked so hard for Canada, for Canadian culture, for Canadian um, prosperity of this country, right? And we need to keep all those people appreciated because we will get old also. And if we do not appreciate our elders today, our kids will not appreciate us and nobody will want to work for the Canada as a big unity of nations. And that's that's most important, I want to say. Social life and social um, unity of the country and keep the traditions is very, very important for this country to be uh, self-identified. And so you are not, okay, I'm Canadian, but I, I don't know which uh, uh, which country I belong to. No, I'm Canadian. I, I have a strong beliefs. I have a strong culture. Even my culture is uh, maybe 150 years old, right? So that's most important, how you identify yourself. We are a strong nation. We have multi-religion, uh, multi uh, multi-culture multi uh, country. And we identify them, uh, ourselves with the, that we are social people. We are together and we help each other. So that's most important. And traditions, keep traditions. So if Canadian goes to the war, God forbid, we 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 have that uh, how to say kind of history as Georgia. Um, everyone should be able to say, "I love to go and fight for my country, fight for my Canada, and uh, fight fight for my culture and for my people." That's so, one of the most important. Things. Yeah. So you've um, you've been spending a lot of time with people who've moved from Georgia here to Canada. What are you finding? How are you finding the, the big differences? What are the biggest differences that you see between the two countries? And and maybe what are the things that, that Georgia can learn from Canada? And what are the things that Canada can learn from Georgia? Yes, that's that's a very good, uh, good question. And I'm uh, trying to decipher this uh, for mm. a long time and uh, understand how we can uh, make both countries uh, understand our um, our uh, how to say good side and bad side, black and whites. Uh, so, for example, uh, what I would recommend to my Georgians and when they come uh, uh, to Canada and when they start when they start settling here, I tell them um, first of all, you need to be very mindful to this country. This country has a history. And they have their own people, their own tradition. And you need to learn English. And that's very important thing. First, very first thing you need to uh, do. Second, you need to um, obey the law. That's that's important also because you are in new country. And uh, uh, this country, yes, uh, there is a God. And then there is a law. Nobody uh, about the law and nobody about the God about our God, right? And those uh, two things are very important. You need to, and you need to find the ways how you can progress very soon, how you can um, find a good job, uh, but not just any job. Learn uh, how you can learn, where you can, um, uh, how to say, donate more your time or, or uh, deliver much more uh, your experience, right? Um, sometimes oh, I see that uh, uh, professors or uh, people with degrees, master degrees and, uh, and PhDs, they're coming and they're driving Uber. That's what I don't uh, don't 
don't uh, like when I tell them there is a ways to integrate in a uh, proper way because you have so much experience. What I like about Canada, there are a lot of processes and um, uh, there is a stability, stability because those defined processes do not let some people, though we had some, uh, some not uh, perfect experience, do not let anyone to uh, dictate what they want in Canada, right? Um, their process, which is guardrailing a uh, whole nation, right? Um, there are some freedoms and there's specific laws, which is um, making your, uh, your speech. Uh, uh, you can speak and you can be um, in a de democratic way, uh, right? Um, and those uh, processes keep everyone in the, in the rails and nobody can um, detour country from their past. So that's what I like. And uh, I like people, majority are following that. What I would recommend to Georgia, because uh, Georgia is a, uh, it's the last uh, uh, part of the Europe, Eastern part of the Europe, but it's also a mix of the Asia, right? Um, and um, when this mix ha is happening, people are very, um, very impulsive, right? They um, they uh, can uh, do various things what you you cannot do in the uh, in this country, right? Um, and then uh, I would recommend Georgia also to become process driven country. While you have your face, you have your culture. Don't abandon that, but in introduce the process which. Uh, uh, can make your country to stay on their, their rails and on their path for a long time, right? And that's that's one of the important things I like about Canada. It's very stable, very stable. It's helping their uh, its own citizens and even newcomers, uh, permanent residents who are not citizens, right? And helping also so uh, those people who are refugees um, and newcomers. Uh, while in Georgia, we have a lot of people, it's, uh, it's uh, overpopulated, it's a tiny nation. But if we follow the same process and if we guardrail our process and our culture, uh, that will be one, one of the most important for the Georgia. And uh, that's what I would recommend to people who are coming here. Find a good place um, where you can study, when, where you can increase your uh, experience and um, become very uh, experienced or professional in your field, right? Uh, find your ways in in, in Canada, but uh, ask questions, ask a lot of questions, ask people. There are people who are willing to help you and don't, don't, uh, don't struggle. Uh, just don't go to the low paid uh, work just to have a bread and food at, at your table. Think about your future. So that's that's what I would recommend to Georgians in in this country and any country where they're uh, immigrating and be together because when they're together, they learn a lot of much, much faster what they can do, what they cannot do. When I was here in 2006, uh, there were only a few families, six, seven families in in uh, in Toronto. And I, I had to learn hard way. Today, the newcomers, they have a whole church uh, of people and parishioners who can share their experience and tell them where how to progress faster than we did it in um, uh, 12 or 14 years ago. So let's that's a good segue into let's talk about your role as a priest and as someone, uh, Tolstoy, Leo Tolstoy said, where there is life, there is faith, right? And I'm sure as someone who is a shepherd to this flock that's scattered all across a gigantic country, you've seen the role that faith can play in people's well-being and, and in dealing with problems. So can you share a little bit of why your faith is so important to you, why you give so much of your time to your faith, and uh, what, what it means to follow God from your perspective? So... Um... When I was ordained here in, in Toronto, um, um, I was supposed to, um, I would say, um, 
work with the uh, few parishes only, Montreal and Toronto. But then uh, some more uh, people started arriving in Calgary and then in Vancouver. And then uh, because there was no uh, any other uh, priest, uh, we could uh, we could how to say uh, have in the, in the church. I have to uh, acquire those places and uh, create the uh, parishes also there. So I had to work very hard, travel a lot. Uh, but uh, your question, uh, when you are asking, what is driving you, Father Thomas? Why why can you? How can you travel so long? How can you travel to Montreal Friday morning? Um, uh, I'm traveling by car. My wife is driving. And uh, um, for five hours, five, six hours. And at the night when we uh, arrive, I work from uh, from car. Um, and my wife is driving. Uh, I arrive. We have a service at, at night uh, in Montreal, let's say. Then we have a service Saturday morning. And then we depart sometimes at 1 p.m. Saturday. And I come again, drive six hours, come to Toronto, do another uh, two-hour series, then uh, have hear confessions, go go home, have another series Sunday morning, and have another event or some some meetings with people. And then um, at the end of the Sunday, say, okay, I am happy that I delivered. I delivered my voice. I delivered hope. What is driving me? Uh, so when you work, uh, when you go to for work, sometimes um, and most of the time, why why do we work? We work because we want to um, uh, keep our life going. Uh, we need to bring funds and then um, money at home uh, to home, right? And to our and food to our uh, to our table, and we need to feed our kids and our families. But that's work. You work for sometimes for money and some sometimes for fun and maybe fun sometimes for uh, being popular. I, I, um, there are may, many many reasons, but uh, faith work is is different. You believe in something that it drives you. You believe that uh, uh, your um, help uh, to people and your prayers are helping others, and we see this on daily basis. We do a lot of prayers. Um, my parishioners, uh, they call, uh, we have a, a huge uh, icon from Montatus, um, from Greece, delivered to Toronto uh, a few years ago. And those people are saying that this is miracles uh, icon. Whatever they ask, they are getting. Uh, and I'm saying, yes, uh, icon can be miracles, but it's it's not, uh, it can make miracles, but it's not about the miracles. It's about what you believe and what you dictate your uh, your mind and your soul you need to achieve or you need to do. And that's, that's, uh, uh, that is heard by God and he is helping you to get that. Um, and I also uh, feel that when we pray for others and when we go and St. Paul said, um, what is uh, going to uh, uh, survive you or take you to the heavens is two things. Um, those two things are, first is the belief, prayers, and uh, and then second is the deeds and what you do. So first is for your soul and for others' uh, souls. It's, it's uh, uh, on the um, spiritual level. And second is what how you can help. You uh, bring some food, you can bring, uh, how to say, um, something to people you, you bring how to say medicine to people or um just just hope right you visit some others so those two things is coming from the from our spiritual life uh and both of them one is a physical work another is a spiritual work and i, I deeply believe that when people uh process both of those they are very successful in their life because God helps them and they also work. So they don't have a time to relax or everyone needs to relax at some point, but they don't have a time to relax all, all their life, right? Um, uh, if you have extra time and you don't know what to do with that, go and help others. Uh, and that's uh, that's what I believe that needs to drive um, this country and those people in this country and uh, uh, prayers, it's a virtual help 
uh, uh, right? And then uh, helping with um, some stuff like um, um, donate your, not only your money, but donate your time. Um, and there was a study and, uh, and I was uh, watching that study uh, 10 years ago. And they said that if you work for your, uh, if you work for a week, for example, for a week, and you donate all this money, uh, what you make in a week uh, to the charity or to kids or to elders or to sick people, right? Or hospitals, um, it's, it's appreciated. But what is more appreciated if you take off from your uh, work and go and work with those people even one day. You understand? So you are losing only one day, losing only one day, but you are helping somebody with your hand, with your uh, soul, and, uh, and directly you are helping. Them. So one day uh, of your um, donation, meaning your time donation, Whatever you need, uh, like in the schools or whoever needs your help, right, is much more appreciated than you donate your time while you are working uh, for a week at your work. And this is very important to understand. This is not. Uh, this is very one of the most important social studies that saying that uh, donating when you are there is more important than donating your money. Money is important. Oh, let's let's say uh, nothing is happening in this country without money, but faith is much more important, and touching people and having social work with them is much more important. Hmm. So, you uh, you are if you want, I'd love to hear what was your journey to becoming a priest. Why did you decide to become a priest and be ordained? So, um, oh. I, I become the um, I started my work in 1994 1995 and I I was a uh, technology guy I was a uh, computer guy and I was I was working a lot uh, as I said uh, I, I worked about uh, 24 years uh, 14 hours a day and never stopped no weekends and at some point I understood that uh, Again, uh, technology is not only uh, the way of our life. There is a, some spiritual uh, work you need to do. Um, in my childhood, my mother gave me the uh, tiny, very tiny book of uh, Saint Lucas, um, uh, uh, Saint uh, Evangelion, and I I learned a different language, and it was in Russian language at Feltro, and I learned la Russian language just to be able to read that tiny book. Um, and that that was something what was driving me. And this is, I, I don't know why it was in uh, Russian, but uh, that, that's happened, right? Whatever happened. And then um, when I uh, grew up, I started reading the um, religious books. <laughs> I, I was reading on the daily basis prayers. And I uh, started understanding that uh, those prayers are helping me in my stressful life. And uh, when I uh, when I traveled to uh, when I moved to Canada, I, I figured also something else that uh, without church, I cannot survive. Um, so much stress, so much work, I cannot uh, uh, survive without prayers and without being around people. And um, and I started helping in a, one of the churches. Uh, there was uh, no Georgian church in that time, in 2008. And I, I was helping in an altar, and my son was helping in an altar. My, my wife also, uh, she was helping this church. And we were donating a lot of uh, hours uh, uh, there and working and then volunteering in uh, church, in, uh, church events and church services. And at some point, <clears throat> a priest told me that, yeah, why you did not tell me that you want to be a priest? And I said, <laughs> how did you know? Um, I would, I, I never told anything like this, even to my wife. Uh, I was wondering when I was a kid, can I be a uh, priest? But then when I become technology person, I, I, I said, no, technology person cannot be a priest. And something has changed in one second. God told me that, yes, you can be uh, uh, 
spiritual leader and you can be also technology leader it's not uh um uh, it's overlapping but it's not uh how to say um uh, rejecting each other and uh in 2012 i was uh, ordained um as a as a deacon in a church and then i that that's that that was a time when i started my spiritual work and instead of just serving uh, and volunteering i started serving as a as a church leader and uh in uh, 2012 i moved to the georgian church and the georgian church was uh, created here in 2010 it's very one one of the youngest churches but we we grew like 10 times since then and our uh growth is huge as uh, um in north america there were five five churches now we have like 25 churches in north america us and canada um, four parishes in uh, in canada minimum and then uh there are many much more uh, parishes in us it was six times uh our church, our eparchy growth six times uh, during the last um, 12 years. It's a huge growth. And a lot of people, a lot of uh, um, Canadians, a lot of Greeks, uh, Romanians, uh, Serbians are coming to our church. And they see that our um, devote to the face. And uh, and they see how much we work for each other. And th- what they love about it, that they see that we are friends. We are we know everyone in the church. I know by names about five, six thousand people. Um, and um, we have uh, about maybe fifteen thousand people, maybe twenty thousand people in in Toronto, and there are more in Montreal and then Vancouver and uh, uh, Calgary and Edmonton. There are some some people in Edmonton and. Um, and I know most of those people by by their uh, name. I know their problems. And can you imagine how much information is? It? But and I have to solve their problems uh, every day. I I have a lot of Ukrainians coming to me and saying, "Father, do you have a space where we can stay for a uh, week or two? I have a lot of newcomers coming and saying, "Father, where we can find the work? Where we?" And especially today, there is a problem with the Ukrainian people are arriving and we are helping all, all of them, right? We are trying to help all of them. And same with other nations. And we help them and then they then uh, they help others too. And that's what is uh, helping me to, be, uh, to work so many hours a day and survive uh, and be happy. When I wake up, I know that I need to help maybe another... 20, 30 people this day. And when I go for a sleep, I would say, how many people did I help today? And I'm trying to count them. And when you exercise this, you go to your bed very happy. And you are happy that you make your work make somebody else happy. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, <clears throat> I have a question and you you kind of just answered it, but I, I want to expand on it. Um because of the position that you are in, because of the the role that you hold, um, you see an incredibly large amount of people and you deal constantly with their problems, their crises, their issues. And just as as another observation, um, I don't know what it's like in, in the country you come from, in, in Georgia, but in the West here, I observe our, our, our society and our culture getting more and more worked up and anxious and stressed out every day and you wake up every single day and you charge headfirst into for lack of a better way of saying it into that anxiety that is the role that you hold yet you hold for yourself this incredibly calm and peaceful demeanor so can you elaborate on where you draw your peace and security from yes um and I explain. Um, people tell tell me that Father uh, God gives you so much energy that we cannot follow you. And you're first who takes the rockers and then there are two rocker leaves. And you're first who lifts the heavy, uh, how to say, 
lumber to uh, start building something. You're first to start painting. You're first uh, in, a, in a church. You lit all candles and we come and you everything is ready. Uh, and then you leave last uh, and uh, um, to clean up everything. Um, yes, a lot of people are helping, but you need to be first who who, who is taking first step. And that's, that's very important. Uh, leader is not just a leader who uh, gives the uh, uh, orders. Leader is a f- who takes the pain first. Uh, and um, to to your uh, to your question, answer to to your question is the uh, how do I get this much energy? Um, so, sometimes at my work they they call me Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I I don't know uh, why why they do that, but they see that I have a, like um, eight to fifteen meetings at my work. Every day, half an hour, 20 minutes, 45 minutes. And then I, I work in, in a church. And they come, uh, they come to church and they see that I'm tired, but I'm smiling. God gives me so much power. Uh, and it's not about me. It's not about that. Father Thomas is get, getting so much power from, the, from God. No, everyone can do that. Everyone is giving the huge amount of the power. Uh, that you can wake up and you can be happy going to the bottle every single day. And um, I would say, yes, first of all, prayers. I do a lot of prayers. Then I do a lot of fasting. Um, and when I fast, uh, my my brain keeps clear. And I when I pray, I pray not only for myself, I pray for everyone. And I wake up sometimes and I'm, and I'm saying, God, um, help this person. Uh, he has a, um, a chemotherapy today. Uh, can you help this person? He has an MRI today. And I wake up in the middle of the night saying those things. And that helps me. That helps me to wake up. And even if I have a pain, uh, and even, uh, even if I have a pain in my uh, head or back, uh, I, I'm a, I'm not Iron Man, right? <laughs> but, uh, they, they feel I am. Uh, and that drives me that they need your help. Um, for example, two days ago, I was uh, at, at house uh, where person, husband uh, does not have one, uh, one, one feet. He's one. Uh, uh, he's a. Um, um, he was injured uh, at at uh, at war, and then and and wife is a. Uh, she's a um, uh, chemotherapy every day. Amazing people, but uh, they know that tomorrow it might be last day. When you come to them and you see their. Um, smiling faces and they hug you and they say thank you for coming to us and giving us a light and bringing to us a light that drives you that drives you when you uh, see that kids who potentially can be at the street and doing wrong things they're at the school and they're learning uh, language they're learning how to help others how to fight for others uh, how to fight for the um, everyone's uh, good uh, and everyone's prosperity and be a good person, right? Um, and love your God and love your neighbor. That's what is making me to jump from my bed uh, every morning and run every day until 2 a.m., 2 a.m., every day. And sometimes um, what what makes me, uh, how to say, sad sometimes when... You work so hard and people don't see this. But I would say God sees this and God will bring them together again. So that's what is engaging me. That's what is firing me, right? Even at work, when I do a lot of technology research, not only at church, but at work, and I tell them, this is the way we should go. And I feel that God helps me to define the technology also. And that's very important because I'm very successful at work also. Uh, I've been uh, VP of a uh, few companies so so far since last uh, four or five years. 
and VP of the technology, was engineering, infrastructure, architecture. And I and people love working with me. Uh, sometimes we have a three hours and then we talk about our life, just our about our family, nothing else. And that makes my team bond together and work together. If they need to wake up for each other at the middle of the night at 2 or 3 a.m., they will do that. That's what is bonding them and myself to this society. And that's what is driving me to wake up every day. Um, people to be happy, uh, to have a smile on their face, and to deliver hope, to deliver hope to every family. And that's what we need to um, propagate to everyone. And if we are here in this meeting, three of us, and I know how much hope to you guys, you guys deliver to others, how much information and good information you deliver to others, and that creates a hope. There is a hope. There is a nice people around us, right? And uh, we live in a nice country, and there is a, uh, there are people who are willing to help us or help others, and that's that's most amazing. And then. Uh, second part of what I also mentioned that when uh, uh, I don't look only on today, what we can do today, I look at uh, our future. And what is our future? Our future is our kids and our uh, young people. And that's why we are fighting so hard and trying to uh, trying to have a uh, we have a Sunday school since 2010. And this Sunday school, we have Many, many kids and many kids grew uh, from that Sunday school. And uh, we uh, we got, uh, we acquired another uh, place. Now we have one place we were renting so far. Uh, for 10 years, we were renting the tiny place where only 100 people could fit. And uh, other people, like two, 300 people were staying outside, in, even in, in, the, in the winter, if you can imagine that. Um, now we have a bigger church where we can feed, and but there are only two classrooms, uh, and we have uh, sometimes we have 60, 70 kids. And how do you feed those uh, kids in two uh, tiny classrooms, right? And when you uh, see that kids are growing and they are learning how to help others, how to pray, how to and what prayers gives them. Prayers gives them feelings that if they help others, uh, God helps them, right? And that's the, uh, the that's what we are trying to uh, keep them uh, growing, growing in a church. Why? And growing in a school because if you don't teach kids in the school their language, their culture, uh, what they are uh, devoted for, what they would like to grow to, right? If you, if you don't teach them in the school. Your churches will be empty uh, after down the road after twenty years, thirty years, and then that's what we see in the Western uh, churches, right? They too. Oh, I have a, a lot of discussions with the leaders uh, of the Western uh, churches, and they told me many times that we were first to take our hands off from the kids, and we don't have a church schools anymore, and because of that, uh, nowadays their churches is. Only elders are walking walking into their churches, and that's a big problem. If you don't uh, grow your kids today uh, in the church school or Sunday school, they will not help you. They will not help others. They will not grow in the church, and they will not be a good citizens or good uh, good people for for your country. And that's that's why we we are trying to uh, see how those kids are growing. We see uh, uh, hope in their uh, faces. We see the their happy happiness in their uh, faces when they come from, to the school. They see so many kids, even if it's Sunday, right? Um, but they prefer to go to the church school instead of just uh, sit home and play on their tablets or on the computers. And that's why we are trying to do some kind of fundraising to. Acquire the property in a uh, in a Cookstown where we can build our our uh, how to say Sunday school and invite more people and be able to uh, increase our bandwidth so how many uh, kids we can um, teach and how many kids we can invite to the school. 
So just uh, to confirm for the listeners, I just want to uh, <clears throat> push this point that Father Thomas is giving very nicely and then theoretically. But right now, as Father Thomas has pointed out to everyone, he has been working incredibly hard, crisscrossing the country. And he, get, and he jumps out of bed every morning with, frankly, the joy of the Lord in his heart because he's serving so many people. And he is inviting all of us. And, and I, I want to say that I'll be one of the first, hopefully, to help help build this Sunday school, but he's seeing people who are longing for community, longing for faith and longing for their culture. And he's saying, I want to bring that to my community. And so he's raising uh, not a huge amount of money. I think it's about a hundred thousand that you have left that you need hundred thousand dollars to build a Sunday school for his community to help continue to build that civil society. And I think, one of the things we talk about on this podcast a lot, Zach, is community and how important it is to build those communities. And And Father Thomas is an incredible example of the communities that, that can be built by the hard work and dedication of people of faith. And yeah. so if you feel called, any of the listeners feel called in their hearts to help support uh, Father Thomas's work, uh, please reach out to Zachariah and we would be more than happy to put you in touch with him so that he can continue this work uh, and even more expand it to the next generation even further than he already has. Um, and I want everyone to know that I will be supporting this initiative as much as I can. And I hope everyone does too. We don't usually ask for money or donations, but I just, I love what you're doing so much, Father Thomas, and the the amount of work that you're you're putting into it. So I want to, I want to promote this uh, on this show and say, you know, Whatever people may believe about where the world is at, we need one another. We need one another badly. And uh, Father Thomas is is building a community and pouring his life out like a drink offering, as it says in the Bible, uh, for his community. And I, I believe that people like myself and, and others who have maybe the capacity should look into how, how can we help someone who's already giving so much. And I loved what you said Father Thomas, about giving is really what brings you the strength and the joy to keep going and to have that much energy. And then when you go to bed at night, you look back and you say, thank you, God, for allowing me to give so much. So we're, we're nearing the end of our time here. So is there any last, maybe a, a spiritual blessing that you'd like to give the listeners and, and a bit of hope as you've been giving so much hope? I want to bless everyone who is listening uh, to, to this show and who is listening to us. I want to bless everyone who are helping others. And um, Georgians say um, in a in a Bible, um, Jesus Christ said, um, when you give, when your right hand gives, make sure that your left hand does not know about it. And when, when your left hand gives, Make sure that your right hand doesn't know. Georgians are a little bit different people. We exercised Bible so much that we see and we found that there is a side effect when you give. And Georgians say, when your right hand gives, you put it on the road and you walk away. But you will meet somebody who will give you on the road and who will help you on the road, down the road. And whatever you give, you will get it back. In a 10 times, and 100 times, and 1,000 times. So we expanded. Georgians expanded it a little bit, right? We, <laughs> said, we exercised Bible so many times and so, so much in our lives that we understand that there is a side effect. When you give, you are getting back 100 times, even more not only by by money uh, by finances but you can get get back with the health with we can you can get back with a more longer life or with more uh, more kids and more um happiness right so that's that's our whole idea and and I want you to uh, understand that when you give it's not that you will get it right away sometimes you get it uh, right away back but most of the time, you are um, giving loan, and you are helping others, and God is going to help you with that. And that's the most important blessing. Give a hope, 
and give to others. And your life becomes completely different. Don't stay alone. Don't be apart. Uh, you need to be together. And I bless all of you people who listen to this uh, podcast, that broadcast. Be together. Go and hug your uh, parents. Go and hug your kids and your neighbors and people around you and your friends. Don't don't just say hello. Uh, just go and hug and give a hope. That's one of the most important things. We need to be together and we need to be united in a God and a, in a, uh, in ourselves. That's most important. Two most important commandments. Every other commandment are going out from those two. Love each other and love your God. Thank you for listening to The Canadian Story. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The CAD Story. That's The CAD Story. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Let's work together to remind Canadians how great their country is.